0: Welcome to The Hobcast, a weekly podcast from Hobek Books, an independent publisher of thrillers, crime and suspense novels. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of what we do, the challenges and the triumphs, the bumps and troughs of building a new creative business in this pandemic world. We'll hear from the people who make all this possible, the authors, cover designers and editors, and we'll have expert insights from our guest star interviews. Nothing is off the agenda on the Hobcast from Hoback Books, as we combine trad values and an indie spirit. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Hobcast Book Show. It is show number 61. And I'm Adrian Hobart.
1: I'm Rebecca Collins.
0: And together we run Hoback Books, UK independent publishers of the following genres. Crime. Mysteries. Thrillers. And suspense. Welcome to the show. Pauline Barkley is our guest this week on the Hobcast Book Show, and she is the creator of the Chill With The Book Awards, set up five and a half years ago, and her story is inspiring. What she's done for the indie community is huge.
1: And she knows how to rollerblade.
0: Yeah, she's extraordinary, yeah. So we're really looking forward to speaking to her from her home in Norwich later in the show. Okay, let's get into the news promptly. And uh, our news this week is we signed a new author. We
1: did. Tony Gartland.
0: Welcome to Tony. Uh, based in Malta now, but uh, the creator, some years ago, of a fantastic brewery, the Saltair Brewery, based in Shipley in West Yorkshire.
1: And uh, we, we've been able to sample his his uh, lovely beer, haven't we, this week?
0: Yeah, we have. We, we had a, a case arrive. I mean, you know, if all authors want to take that sort of cue and, and send us something, uh, one or two have in the past.
1: Uh, well, I've got an idea. They should give us a present related to their profession. Right. So Malcolm should teach us something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed that.
1: <laughs> Ali should give us some sort of mental health counselling.
0: Yeah, I need that. Um, Everyone knows that. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think now. Lynn can teach us something too.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a few (laughs) teachers around. Yeah, we pretty much cover the curriculum, I should imagine.
1: Ollie could act as a barrister for us if ever we need it—a barrister.
0: Yeah, yeah, legal counsel for so, us. We're
1: basically set up for life, aren't we?
0: Yeah, in theory, as long as we don't fall the wrong side of everyone. But there's no danger of that. So Tony joins us, and um, he brings the George Zammit crime series to us. And uh, he is debut author. It is a brilliant series. It's set in Malta. George Zamet is uh, not your typical cop. How many times have I said Why that?
1: What's
0: that then? Well, he enjoys his food a bit too much. He's a bit port—you know—portly. I would say, you know, he's not, uh, he's not by any means, Jim Bergerac or yeah, something but, like that. Yeah,
1: but you say that, but some of the best TV cops are either a bit portly or a bit funny. Yeah. the old.
0: He's a little bit, there's a mix of, there's a bit of Columbo thrown in there. And basically, you know, he also has a streak of cowardice there, but he finds his strength in adversity and some unlikely allies. But Malta is a fascinating place in itself. and. Great setting right in the center of the Mediterranean intrigues of North Africa and all the things going on in the southern states of of Europe It's amazing
1: I think you're basically telling me he's a Michael Kane fan because you're saying he uses the difficulty
0: uh just a bit yeah,
1: so maybe he's a Michael Kane fan like you
0: maybe which would make him love, me love him even more. But we're so thrilled <laughs> with that. And, uh, well, yeah, you know, we've got so much going on. Um, plenty more things to announce in the very near future. Uh, we're off to London Book Fair in two weeks.
1: Is it only two weeks? Yeah, it is. I can't quite believe It <laughs> yeah, It's
0: taken your breath away a bit, it? <laughs> it really it?
1: has, because, you know, we've been talking about how we have to sort of get physically and mentally ready for this. Yeah. And I was mowing the lawn yesterday, which is a Herculean effort. If anyone's seen our fly mow and the size of our lawn, they will understand it takes two hours. And I was mowing away and I was thinking, a bit like Michael Caine, use the difficulty. This will be good for getting energy for the London Book Fair.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the weekend (laughs) weather has certainly helped. We're out for a walk later. Went for one yesterday. It's just been, I mean, as anyone in the UK will know, I mean, we've got uh, Saharan air. Sitting on top of the UK and the temperatures are rising. It feels really spring-like. It's beautiful, and I, I can't wait to get out there. But uh, we've got to do this podcast first. So let's get into our other news. So that's Tony signing for that's us.
1: Our personal news.
0: Yeah, that's the personal sort of yeah, Hobeky news. Do we
1: have any other big?
0: No, not news. not not to, not to this week. Um, there has to be said, but for
1: the wider world.
0: Yeah, let's return to that subject which we've talked about before: the rising costs of publishing paperbacks and indeed hardbacks.
1: Well, yeah, Hard Hard copies. Copies. anything that uses
0: paper or petrol for the it, moment. Well, I mean, look, like everything else in the economy, the price of everything is shooting up to the degree that we've never seen before. You know, with, uh, I don't know, when, when I last filled up my tank with diesel, it was £1.85 £1. a litre. Yeah which, I mean, in old terms, if you were doing gallons in the 70s, what would that be, eight quid, something like that? So, I mean, it you know, it's an absolutely astonishing price, and I've sort of cut my journeys to anywhere, really, um, if I can avoid well, it. Well, it
1: is interesting, isn't it, that we have started being much more conscious about our journeys
0: anywhere. Yeah, yeah. and uh, switching lights off and such like.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the energy thing frightens me. You know, I, I've become much more obsessed with this thermostat. But um, yeah, yeah. But in terms of publishing, though, what's what what's the article about?
0: Well, it says that prices. This is an article in the Bookseller, um, and it's an in detail look at what the impact of inflation, oil prices, and raw paper uh, raw material costs uh, is having a an impact to the extent that most publishers are reporting now that their costs have gone up by twenty to fifty percent to produce books. Which is astonishing. How
1: are they going to swallow that cost then? Because that, that's 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 not tiny at all. That's, that's significant.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, um, so this is a quote from Ivan O'Brien, who is the CEO of the O'Brien Press, and he now says right. that some titles are quite simply unviable, and um, you know you can't print them because it's too expensive. Um, which is
1: They're based in Ireland. Aren't they,
0: they are, yeah. And fellow Irish publisher Matthew Bennett Parkinson. Has seen a huge increase in print quests, We have too uh, across certain formats, and is considering lengthening lead times and increasing the number of paperbacks while reducing hardbacks. Right, that's interesting. That's but I,
1: interesting. Yeah, because we mean, were talking about more hardbacks at the beginning of the year, but
0: well, I think yeah, we were we were looking at hardbacks, and it'd be interesting to know, you know, because we were looking at it through printing through Amazon, mm. certain titles go th- into hardback just because there's a, perhaps a demand there for something a little bit different. But is it viable? The question is, is essentially, as as publishers now, you're in the futures game in, in the sense that if you were in the City of London on the futures desk buying and selling commodities based on what you expect the price to be, that's what we're in now. I mean, it's like when you go to the petrol pump, as things get worse in the Ukraine, the price of oil keeps going up. Um, you know, you're know, you sort of thinking, right, well, shall I just put 20 quid in or shall I fill it on the anticipation the next time I come it'll be even more expensive?
1: That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I tend to err on the side of, well, I, I won't go above a certain level, 30 pounds or whatever it mm. is, but you told me, oh, no, you should fill it. And
0: because I was right. Like, yeah. Because two days later it was 10p more, least and more expensive. Yeah, the I same with publishing. <laughs> now, here's the question, because, I mean, our usual print run at Clay's, if we do a print run at Clay's, is 200 books. Mm. And and that's our way of sort of, well, we're hedging our bets a little bit there because we've got to sell them to make the money. But at the same time, uh, for instance, with one of our books, we've had to have three reprints already. Had we thought about it really and we knew that the demand was going to be there, we'd have done a 500 print run Absolutely, to start yeah. with. And and actually the unit cost would have come down. But now you're in a position where the cost of printing, do you want to delay commissioning your books? And do you do a b- bigger print run From the outset, for a 1,000 books, for instance, because every time you go back for another 200, it's going to be more expensive.
1: But a publisher the same size as us, though, we also have to think of cash flow. We haven't got gazillions of pounds we can use up front. No, we
0: don't have the sort of money we can throw at at a print run that size. And
1: that is a consideration. Oh, you know, we, we've been in a situation where we've had to put our own money in to do one of those reprints.
0: Oh, we're always putting money in. You know. but, <laughs> well,
1: besides that, yeah.
0: Um, no, it's true because cash flow is, is king and, and, you know, the simple fact is that the money only arrives once a month.
1: Yeah. And that, um, so, yeah, there is a period of the month where we do have to be quite careful, actually.
0: Yeah. So, so it, it is that is the challenge that we're facing and all publishers are facing. it be interesting to take I mean, that's going to be a big discussion point at London Book Fair, without question. Yeah.
2: Because there's, so. there's
0: no, like the energy price crisis um, and the price market there, where, you know, previously you'd have gone to comparethemarket.com or whatever um, to go and find you a better price. There is no better price out there. The fact is, it's just runaway expensive and everything's going up and inflation's running at nearly 8%. So, um, and that's in the UK alone. Everywhere is going to be more expensive. So, that's a big consideration and challenge for the publishing industry and we are no different of course it's different for ebooks it is of course different for ebooks yeah, we're, and, not,
1: we're not really talking about the ebook side are we no
0: we're not but but you know one of the things that attracts writers to us is the fact that we will publish their books as paperbacks whereas other publishers will only do it if they trigger enough sales to make it viable you know again i've said this before we may have to think like that but at the moment we're not
1: it's difficult, isn't it? Because we also have a, a good body of reviewers and bloggers now and there are some of those who want paperbacks and we would lose that.
0: We would. But you know, again, you know, if it's gonna cost it, us as much. I mean the thing is, our cover prices are generally nine ninety nine on a paperback. Some are some are less than that, but only one or two. I'm not sure that covers enough now to to make any profit of the way it's going.
1: No, not really, no.
0: So until but we 're in a stuck in a position where while supermarkets are still able to offer a paperback for four quid for a leading title, it makes our books look expensive in comparison,
1: yeah, and they already are on the side of expensive because uh, in the bookseller they were talking about uh seven ninety nine used to be the standard for a trade paperback it's now eight ninety nine mm. and we are nine ninety nine so we're already that extra pound on most mass market trade paperbacks in. Um, bookstores, not supermarkets
0: I suppose what we 're waiting for is the bigger publishers to blink and to make it a standard nine ninety nine at which point then we then ha- we might have we, ha- <laughs> we, ha- <laughs> we have to shift above <laughs> above that yeah. uh, and in other countries let 's be honest um, they would expect to pay a lot more. I mean we hear anecdotally from Lewis Hastings over in New Zealand just how expensive books are there i mean thirty forty fifty dollars for a book for a paperback, same in Australia, hugely but, expensive
1: but the thing is. If you're in that country, you are are prepared to pay it. So I know when I lived in Japan, it's slightly different. So the books were being imported, um, yeah, bought in, but they were bought in from Australia and New Zealand mostly. Mm. And I paid those prices because I wanted to read them. That's the only choice I had. Well,
0: maybe, maybe, you know, people are prepared to pay extra if they want to read the books. You've got to create the level of demand for those books.
1: Now, it's interesting you say that because I've asked on social media Mm. more than once what would you be prepared to pay? And I, people always say they, if they wanted the book, they would pay more and yeah. they want to support the authors. Now, are they saying that because it's uh, visual, you know, it's visible what they're saying. It's on social media, so they don't want to look stingy. Or is, you know, is that real? Is that true? It is for me. I know I I've, I, spend far too much money on books and I don't really think about price. I, It's usually, do I want to read this author? Does this book intrigue me? Then I take it to the till and find out how much it is. And
0: yeah. I suppose I buy the odd book when it's a, you know, buy one, get half price or something like that uh, at W.S. Smith's or something. I might pick up an extra title that I hadn't really considered. But by and large, if I want a paperback enough, I'll go and pay it. Yeah. Same with the heart back. So interesting times, one for the London Book Fair to, to discuss where we'll be extremely busy <laughs> girding ourselves for being on our feet for three days in a very, very hot exhibition centre. Um, it's a very hard thing to dress for.
1: I was just thinking that when you said that, I was thinking, I can't go in a bikini,
0: can I? Because I'd be noticed. But you, it feels like you need one. I mean, I think we should take some sort of wet the towels from the the hotel, take them in a bag and, and have them to cool down with. I mean, it is that hot, honestly. It'll be about probably 95 degrees, something like that in the in the hall. Airless as well. It's really tough. It's really tough. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. It's hard on the feet. Anyway, we'll look forward to that. Um, other news.
1: Um, so the other new, main news from the bookseller is that the um, the, the, the small press, so, so the Nibbies, um, which they ha- happen National Book year. Awards. Yeah. So the National Book Awards, they happen every year. Um, you put yourself up for the award, and then you get judged, and they come up with a shortlist, and then they come up with, you know, they have a ceremony, and somebody wins. So uh, we were discussing this, saying we don't think we're ready to put ourselves up for this.
0: There is a reason we didn't apply. And if you look at the criteria they were after, it was all about export sales. Mm. Um, And while we sell internationally through Amazon, you know, we're not strictly speaking in that market at all at the moment. And, you know, the, the criteria were just not really directed at the publisher of our
1: no, and
0: type really this sort
1: of thing I, I want to be you know I want to feel confident that we stand a chance i don't want to do it just for the sake of it and to be mentioned in the bookseller or anything like that. so the final list that they've come up with it's quite interesting because um they've all got their place in the in the final list for different things, so it's either they are um helping the environment with sort of, um you know what it called when you buy trees per
2: oh' right. carbon <laughs> offset yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, or they've uh, been lucky enough to have uh, special deals. They've achieved uh, special deals this year, or um, international rights that you know they hadn't done before, or they've had a especially high turnover that they've never experienced before. So there's always there's some sort of criteria that has pushed them over the last year.
0: Yeah, you know, so. it was interesting, isn't it? Because I think it was a Scottish publisher who was offering the carbon offset as the first sort of truly zero carbon book production, was it?
1: Uh, no, it's actually the East and South East, so oh, okay. SRL publishing. I beg your
0: board. pardon, I beg your pardon. Well, I mean, you know, something to look at, but um, if you're selling ebooks, I guess we're not burning too much. But, no, um,
1: I, I don't think it's something we need to think about too much yet, but that's still interesting, and what interests me was the fact that a lot of the companies are similar to us. They are further down the line.
0: Been around a lot longer, yeah. In
1: terms of, exactly, in terms of how long they've been trading. But um, So the Scottish publisher you were talking about Kronakon, Kronakon. Let's think have it. a
0: look. Kronachan, yeah. Yeah.
1: So they are a husband and wife team who work part time, and so you know they've been going um, quite well, they, and their children's as well. So they're okay, not quite similar to us in that way, but that gave me hope. Of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. I
0: mean, we should feel optimistic, but I think you know in the evolution cycle of our company, it's not we're not going to be able to score heavily enough in those criteria it's as simple as that and mm-hmm. you know I don't um I don't have a problem with that I mean you know as far as we're you know the rest of the publishing world would see us we're so new that you know um I think once you've appeared in the writer's analysis yearbook for five years running they start taking you seriously yeah, I, yeah, you know, sure. that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. so I mean let's not kid ourselves when we go to London Book Fair we've got a big hurdle to overcome in terms of introducing ourselves to the people that we want to speak to and being credible and um that's that's our challenge so yeah you know
1: yeah i think our main goal for the london book Fair is visibility
0: yeah i think so i mean we want to start start creating relationships with uh, rights sellers um both in tv radio and also internationally uh, and if we can get that some progress on that that would be fantastic there's no might by no means guaranteed we also want to use the podcast which we'll be doing daily from the london book fair cross my heart and hope to die i was going <laughs> to take some effort um we will be in a position to um, you know spread the message that we're around um and to get some great insights for you to listen to um f- about where the the industry is going and goodness knows where the world's going, so uh, let alone the industry. But we're, we're, we're doing our best, obviously, within the Hobbit context. We'll get to the interview in a, just a second.
1: Yes, sorry.
0: <laughs> Anything else you want well, to talk Well,
1: okay, a bit on a lighter note, and it's not even news really, but it was on Twitter. So the lovely Peter James, he was um, sat on a plane uh, during the week and um, he was sat next to a couple and he happened to notice that they were both reading his books and his initial reaction was, "Ooh, should I tell them who I am?" And he actually tweeted, "You know, what do you think? Should I should I confess that I'm actually Peter James and they're reading my books?" And he plucked up the courage, and he did tell them, and they were thrilled, apparently. And they had a big discussion about his books, and he signed their books for them, and they had a lovely plane journey, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, presumably his his photos somewhere in the book.
1: Yeah, but still, you know, would you look at the person next to you and think,
0: well, you know what I'm like, I, spot, I do spot all sorts of people. I mean, I have a, uh, a sort of library of faces. I'm very good at spotting people. You know, when someone pops up on a drama, I go, oh, there's so-and-so from such-and-such. And you're going, mm.
1: Well, it's true. Also, yeah, in real life as well, I, you know, I I remember that I've told on the podcast before that I possibly went uh, CD shopping with Prince, and I, I'm i not sure, looked like Prince, But you would have known straight away if you'd been with me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think Prince is a bit of a giveaway. But um, no, you're right. I mean, uh, mean, I'm used to seeing this. When I was working at the BBC, you'd see the regulars you saw on television. They look very different without their makeup. That's what I'm saying. It's one or two newsreaders who are utterly unrecognisable without the face paint.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's probably a good thing as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to be... Uh, yeah, to some extent, but, you know, it is remarkable what makeup artists can do some. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's really remarkable. Anyway, let's get into our interview with Pauline Barclay. Well, Pauline set up the Chill with the Book Awards, as I say, five and a half years ago, and her aim was to offer a, a spotlight to independent authors who she felt... And I think many people still feel we're not getting a fair crack of any publicity or recognition because she saw she's also an independently published author that the quality of indie authors and indeed indie small publishers is just as good, if not better, than the traditional industry. And so she created these awards. Now, how they work is that each book is put up on a list for people to choose to read and then they have a month in which to offer their feedback and their scores and then based on that if three people say around the world that they love the book it receives a children with the book award
1: and we've had three books we've had this so
0: yeah so we've had a, some recent success with that uh some books as she mentions perhaps don't even get picked up but she just puts them up there for people to choose and then distributes it takes a lot of her time but it's been a very valuable thing for a lot of people.
1: And you feel the passion from oh, it. Oh, absolutely.
0: It's one of those st- interviews where you just feel the passion. She's great fun and a remarkable woman. It's Pauline Barclay. Well, we're delighted to be joined by Pauline Barclay. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you very much for having me. It's
0: a delight. <laughs> well, we, we hope so. By the we time we get to, to Rebecca's random questions,
3: whether, whether or not
0: you'll feel <laughs> that way, I don't know. <laughs> but no it's, it's it's a thrill to have you here uh and principally you know we got to to get in contact really because of your amazing award scheme that you've been running for for some time the chill with the book awards so how did that start
3: oh uh, it's about five and a half years ago i started it and it really came about i'm an independent author too yeah and at the time if you wanted to submit your book for an award You had to have a publishing contract. Well, independent authors don't have publishing contracts, so you're excluded. And I just felt this was not really right. And there's lots of great books out there, and I just wanted to find them and shine a spotlight on them. So Chill Awards was invented.
0: It's a fantastic thing, because as you say, uh, there is a certain snobbery. Built in to the, the award system. i well, glad know.
3: you said that. I didn't like to say that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, we're always at risk when we when we say things like that that we're going to pee off one of the uh, award bodies that uh, might be listening to this, and uh, they won't look at our books. But I think uh, I
1: think we do. We should say that it doesn't apply to every single award. There are some awards that have categories for, well, at least have started to recognise the value of independent authors, aren't there? They might have a category for.
0: But, It's it's been such a slow process. Yes. It really has. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you fill uh, a sort of gap in the market, I suppose. Well,
3: five and a half years ago, there weren't as many. There are more out today. Well, there are. If you look, there are some. But the Chill Awards, I just, it was for me, I run the whole lot on my own,
2: actually. (laughs) Um,
3: It's pretty hectic, but there's a a joy when the readers come back and they've all enjoyed the book because each book has three readers. Mm. uh and they have to fill in a form when they've read the book they have to answer five questions they make comments if they wish uh, and they're anonymous to the author only i know all the readers nobody yeah. else does <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
3: my secret
0: yeah we're always intrigued because uh with a, with a, you have know, been very kind to award some of our authors with with chill with book awards and cover of the month for Brian. um, I have to say that
1: the designer of that cover, she was thrilled to get an award because she didn't know anything about it. She didn't expect it, did she?
3: Mm.
1: So, yeah, she was thrilled with that.
3: Kathy Elms, she's an award-winning graphic designer and she has her own company called Avalon Graphics and Mm. she does the book covers. I don't get involved with those. That has to go to the expert. And every month, all the book covers go to her who have received an award and she decides which she feels makes the mark for the award of the month. Oh,
1: that's fantastic.
0: That is uh, such an honour. <laughs> anyway, I, I, what I noticed was that your judges are international because uh, we yes. came through, uh, you know, one of the readers is from New Zealand, for instance.
3: Yes. Yes, I have readers in New Zealand, Australia, Europe, Canada, America, UK. They, they, some come and go. I've got uh, a few readers in New Zealand and they'll come and they'll read for a few months and then they've got too much on and then they slow down. But that's with all the readers. They have other things on. But yes, we have readers all over the world.
1: I think that's quite good, isn't it? Because a lot of the sort of UK prizes, not all of them, some of them have international uh, judges and readers. But I I like the idea that you've got readers from all over the world. So it gives it, you know. We've got readers
3: not only from all over the world, the different backgrounds, different age groups, different interests. Some will read anything and they'll actually put on their form afterwards. So if it wasn't for chill, I would never have read this book and I'm glad <laughs> I have. And they will go on and say I'll read more from this author. So we're introducing readers to different books. Absolutely. Um, and we've got some readers who only stick to one genre but at least the reading. That's the important thing.
0: Yeah that is it is so how big's your army now of, of, of reviewers and
3: oh I, I don't actually number I don't count the numbers I don't to be honest <laughs> with you. I spend yeah. more time trying to keep the admin Books coming in, books going out, awards, check it. I, I, to be honest, I don't sit and count the numbers. Mm. Perhaps I should. I should just sit down <laughs> and count them one day.
0: <laughs> but five and a half years ago, when you're starting up something like this, because we've just experienced this by setting up a publishing company two years ago, you know, it's, um, it's that little snowball thing, isn't it? You know, size of a ping pong ball to start with. How quickly did that gather momentum?
3: Surprisingly, within six months, I had authors from Australia and New Zealand, submitting. And I'm amazed how they learned about the books. But yes, within six months, it started coming from abroad. Initially, it was just the UK. Uh, But I have authors coming from, again, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, America, and the UK. And anybody who speaks English in Europe, who lives in Europe, they they will submit as well. So yes, it's at all levels international.
0: I've had an author from South Africa as well so it truly is international what about the the impact I mean you presumably get some feedback from the authors themselves and they wouldn't submit if they didn't think it was important to to be in consideration but in terms of the difference an award from you can make have you had much feedback on that
3: I've had from some uh, authors very, very positive and see it and see it very well. I'll give you a little story. Uh, I have one reader who lives in uh, the West Country, and she's also very much into the WI. And a couple of years ago, um, an award was made to an author. I don't know always where the authors live. I, I might know the country, but I don't always know where they live. Um, anyway, she went off to a WI meeting so, so quite a few months later she contacted me and said, you're never going to believe what happened tonight. We had an author come and visit us. And I sat there and to my absolute amazement, chill award came up. And this author had been given a chill award. She <laughs> said, I couldn't believe it because I read for chill. I didn't realise. You know, so even the reader was quite amazed that she'd yeah. gone to a meeting.
1: And that was Where the author. an author
3: was talking about her wonderful award, a chill award.
1: That's brilliant.
0: That is fantastic well,
1: I know one of our authors who she recently won it, Karina Car- Swan, she said she won one a few years ago and she you know it did it did help her uh, an awful lot with um, publici- publicity and sales of her book so yeah definitely- I mean we get
3: not all books get an award um, they really don't quite make the mark and but all comments go back to the author, whether it's award or a non award and we've had some authors come back and actually thank chill awards because they can see what was wrong and they've actually had the book redone and then resubmitted it and asked could we have another look at it but it's that's the positive side when people really take on board what has been said to them and go away and try and improve
0: yeah I mean I think that's one of the unique qualities of the awards is that that feedback that you're gathering and passing back to the authors is is very special because uh, very often when you're entering an award scheme, I and mean, we've had some success with with Mark Whiteman and, and Waking the Tiger, we didn't, you know, it's great to have been uh, nominated for the Bloody Scotland Awards, but we don't get necessarily any indication as to what attracted the judges or indeed meant that they didn't prepare exactly. for the win. Yeah,
1: I think that is quite important, isn't it? You just get a, a flat no and it could be anything, you yeah. know. So it's, I think it is very valuable for you to give them feedback and
3: I must admit, if if it's a no to the award, the readers generally tell me why they feel it's not met, met, met the mark. And of course, that goes back to the author, hence why the readers must be anonymous, because I want them to be honest, both in the positive as well as if there's a negative. And we can only do that if they they feel they're not going to be approached. <laughs> At some point in the future, mm.
0: that's sure, sure absolutely. and for that
3: reason, the reader sorry, I'm interrupting sorry that, for that reason, the readers are recommended not to put any reviews out, which may reveal who they are.
1: Oh, I see, yeah, that's yeah, I can see that the
3: only they uh, they tell me, and that goes to the and to be honest with you, I haven't had a reader complain any any time about not being able to put a review out. I said, if you do, please do not use the words you have used. Mm. because I don't want it to come back
1: no no I think that that's that's important because I imagine that there are some authors who submit to you who like you say they're independent authors they're self-published they haven't got the opportunities to get lots of feedback from people who aren't friends and family necessarily so it's, it's good that they can get this feedback from someone who doesn't know who they are has no connection with them whatsoever so can be completely objective about their mm. writing
3: and, and a lot of uh, the uh, authors aren't known to the readers because, well, we all know you don't have to walk into any airport and all the top names are always in front of you. Yes. They don't, a lot of these authors haven't been known to them and a lot go not want to read all their books. If they've got a backlist, they'll go and read those. And they'll often come back and say, I've had a, uh, had a mm-hmm. recently an author put a book in book two and a couple of readers came back and said, Oh dear, I bought that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, got it, yeah. so oh, Jim, I've got it, yeah there has been some. been so keen, they've gone out and bought, yeah. bought the book ahead of well we weren't sure it was going to come into Chill Awards but that's positive that they're going out and buying the books as well
1: Yeah, so they're actually learning about authors themselves and, yeah. and making their own decision as to what they want to read
0: And ultimately that's what this game is about at the moment in terms of independent sector is, you know there's clearly a battle for everybody involved in it to get recognized and to get read first and foremost to get some their books into someone's hands and hopefully if they're good turn them into super fans who buy all their books but that is the the challenge and I think this is why your awards are so valuable because it does shine a light on a on a such a broad range of writing talent and and genres
3: thank you thank you very much it's As I said earlier, it is a lot of hard work. It takes far too many hours, but the reward is there, especially when you get an author come back and say, blah, 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 I so enjoyed it. And then you go onto Amazon, you see the award splashed everywhere. They're so proud of it. They've splashed it everywhere. And that that, that makes a difference as well. It makes me feel the hours I've put in are worth it because Mm. they feel proud to have the award.
0: It helps spread the word as well, doesn't it? I I, I wanted to ask, Pauline, I mean, how many hours does it take you to do all this?
3: Um it, I'll be honest with you it does vary. I'll get weeks when it's nice and quiet. The readers are busy <laughs> the authors have gone to sleep and then suddenly <laughs> woof, everybody comes in at once and I think I plan to do some writing. Well this week chill has really taken up most of my time at my laptop because authors have submitted there's readers wanting more books and how the process works for readers they get a list of books with the blurb and the title and they choose from that. So the work is, first I've got to get it to them. They come back, suggest which book they want. Then I send them the form and the Moby. This is all recorded, and it's also recorded when they take the book, because I do ask them to read it within four weeks. Right. Because trying to get each book read three times, you can't have the books out indefinitely, as we'd never get a result.
0: No, <laughs> no that's
3: true, yeah. <laughs>
1: plus people like deadlines don't they they like to have
0: well, so I mean, <laughs>
1: you said just the other day how much you like a deadline yeah,
0: actually to be fair it has got me got me going um uh, so what you've done now in the last week or so is to pile on the deadlines so i've got no chance to breathe but that's fine that's fine honestly you know but we're, we're delving into our into our.
1: so so how much time do you have to write your own books then at the moment um
3: not as much as i'd like but i do try to squeeze in An hour, two hours, if I can someday. Some days, I just, this week has been pretty hard. Chill has taken up a lot of time. There's other things in my life which I also need to do. Um, But chill always takes priority because what I don't want is a reader hanging around. I want them to have a book. Right. (laughs) So I don't want them thinking, oh, if Pauline's not going to send me a book, I'll go and order one from Amazon myself. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I don't want that. So if they ask for a book, they get a book
0: in terms of the scope of what you've done I mean you know take a look at the Richard and Judy book club (laughs) at WH
2: Smith's
0: (laughs) right so clearly we're talking about you know two of the most uh, you know just saying Richard and Judy in the UK everyone knows who everyone knows
1: who they are yeah I mean
0: outside of the the UK perhaps you know I'm sure Richard Madeley would be a massive star in America if he were there but he's not Um, but the fact is that that's a massive industry in itself and they claim that they are you know they still run it Themselves, I, I'm, you know, I'm slightly cynical about this, but isn't there scope for taking your awards to something like that level? Well, it was
3: wonderful to be able to take it to that level, but I've got to find somebody who will help me go to that level because I don't have enough hours in the day. To I, I'm I've, there's lots of plans I'd like to do with Chill, but I've got to be able to find the time and have the um, dedication to do it all. Um, a lot of authors are submitting. I don't like to let any author down. I, it really has to be a book I know won't be read. Other than that, I accept all books unless they're uh, anything erotic, no erotic, and sometimes you look at a book and you know the readers won't take it. I know my readers and I know they won't take it. So a lot of uh, – one of the things I would really like is a sponsor to help reward either a month, the book of the month or – the. Uh, year of the month uh the book of the year sorry mm. i'd love to have a sponsor to reward that but trying to find a sponsor who feels we have enough exposure as as is proving you know a little bit difficult
0: yeah i mean i you know but the potential is there you could do something say with i don't know the library network or something like that where you know the, the books of the month um yeah. are available in libraries or something like that you know and has a has a section but i mean that's... it would be
3: just lovely to have that's what i i'm, I'm looking at um but it's like with everything else Every, the independent uh publishing world is flooded with lots of books and i want to pick out those that really deserve to have the, the spotlight on them <laughs> and, and that's really what i spend a lot of time doing
0: sure and in terms of the qualities of a book i mean because you're dealing with all sorts of genres and different authors and backgrounds and all that sort of thing but what is it that your um judges your readers are are looking for do you think what, what qualities are they looking for
3: well it's quite interesting you ask that question because over the years the quality it has improved enormously and we see that you'll probably see on the website a lot more premier awards have been uh, awarded over the last couple of months the uh, standard is high the reader's we have some very very critical readers very critical and we which is what we want we also have readers who exactly is what they are they read they and they love what they read and they look at the story where other readers will look at the punctuation they'll look at the quality <laughs> they look but they look at it, some look at absolutely everything mm. and others look at the story and say that was a brilliant story i was in that book I felt those people were sat at my side and it was a brilliant read. And that's really what we want. I want to make sure that the book is well written. Is it a page turner? Would you recommend it to somebody else? Were the characters strong? Those are the sort of questions I'm asking people to answer. Well, they all answer the questions but some are more critical than others and others do look right down to how many commas there are
0: <laughs> well yeah i know I mean, we're very conscious of that they um, want
1: to read for us
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we would happily pass on some of those but um in terms of i mean i presume those are the qualities that you're trying to achieve when you're writing too
3: indeed yes i also have an editor, and. Lots of people to help me as well, make sure my books. And I did use to put my, initially, I put my books in the award program because when it was first uh, uh, launched, they didn't know of me as a writer. It was just Pauline who runs chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they know who I am, so I don't put them in. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think it's fair. I don't want was them just say, oh, because it's Pauline. Like, no, no, no. What,
0: what sort of feedback what? were you getting in, in that period? <laughs>
3: interestingly very positive so good. <laughs> that's good yeah and I think the last book I put in I've only put three of my books in they said "Issue, isn't it Pauline I thought hang on is uh, it you've been busted <laughs> <laughs> I stopped yes
0: and um, in terms of uh, the relationships that you've now built with those those readers I mean I presume you can can now consider them friends
3: Readers and a number of authors are all very good friends. Yes. yes. And of course, that also adds to the time of running chill because it's not just a simple, uh, can I have another book? It's a nice little chat, what they're mm-hmm. doing, what they're do- And then they expect me to write something back, you know. <laughs> yes. And I had yes. one author last week say, Pauline, you'll never get anything done if you keep writing all these emails to us. <laughs> just, it's lovely to hear from you, but I have become friends with a lot of authors and all my readers are friends.
1: I I can relate to that because we deal with lots of uh, readers and reviewers and bloggers and I do the same sort of thing I tell them about what I'm cooking for dinner and what the boys are up to and we end up having a long conversation and I do sometimes think this is why I'm so busy
0: but this is what makes it real isn't it because yeah. you know that that's those people will go will go to any length to support you uh, and you know read the books and 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 be honest with you when they can't um but yes. nonetheless it, it's that sort of personal relationship which makes this uh I presume you know gives it so much energy and gives you energy too
3: well I want I don't want it to be a black and white award I want it to be it's personal and if authors have an issue they can come to me if they, they're unhappy about something they had feedback on they can come back and talk to me if the book's been in the award program longer than they had hoped for they come back to me I explain if a book gets into the award programme it doesn't get read, after a certain period of time, I get back to them and say, look, this has not been picked up. I'm happy to keep it for another few months, but you must make the decision. But at the moment, the readers aren't taking your book. And, and I, I feel it's, you know, I do everything so that they're connected with what I'm doing as well.
0: Mm. And could that be something like uh, cover? We could cover it be blurbs, blurb? It? Well,
3: interesting is the cover because most people read on kindle it's black and white anyway mm, so sure. the cover doesn't that's why i have somebody a professional do the mm. covers because that's the professional can see what the readers can't see because most of them are on kindle um the blurb the uh, I, I have no idea because some books just do not go mm. and what I have done in the past with the author, I said, look, this is what's happened. This is how long it's been in. So we take it out and then we bring it back in about six months. And then it goes then. <laughs> but, but when there's so much, Well, there's, if there's a lot of books with lots of different genres, then they have a lot more to choose from. Yes. And that also makes a difference.
0: Now, apart from erotica, which obviously had a bit of a, uh, a surge, if that's the right word no. in that context... <laughs> I do it, apologise.
1: it's funny, isn't it? Because it did it, it just because of that Fifty Shades book. It was it was a massive surge, and then it just sort of flopped.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now that really isn't appropriate. But <laughs> uh, if we can bring it back to to uh, to so a serious subject, I mean, I, I I'm interested to know whether over those five and a half years that the choice of books that people have been picking up to 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 judge has been influenced by the hot
2: new
1: releases or whatever (laughs) the hot category
0: so for instance i mean in the uk and increasingly internationally the the book that everyone was thinking about over the last 18 months was richard osman and the thursday murder club oh
1: that sort of cozy modern kind of
0: cozy yeah i mean i don't know whether you've got a lot of people doing books like that and submitting them for awards and therefore getting judged what what would you say do you think it that you have a sort of timeless um Selection, you know, people choose uh, timelessly, or do they? Do they follow those trends?
3: Interestingly, I, there was a, a time when uh, Regency romance was very fashionable. Oh, yeah. Lots of those were submitted, <clears throat> and then I went through a period where the lots of merged mysteries were submitted, <laughs> um, and then you go through a period where there's a complete mix. Uh, this month, they've got a complete mix of books, a real cross across uh, all the genres. I don't. To be honest with you, I'd like to say I can predict what's going to be next month after. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Well, that's quite encouraging. I mean, I think that it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people are in the indie community. There are certain influencers out there telling you how to be successful as an indie author. And if money is your thing, then they're saying get on the hot category, you know, bash something out in that fa- fashion, make the cover look almost the same as the other thing, and that's really famous and doing well.
1: The woman in the red coat.
0: Yeah, you do wonder how many books have got the woman in a red coat with her back to us walking through some marshlands. But, I mean, exactly that, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a Going back to
3: Richard Osmond, I had reader yeah. a read, a, read uh, a book recently and she compared it to Richard Osmond and felt the book she had just read through the awards, an unknown author, was far better in a much, a much superior book. And she said, that's put my... The kibosh on
0: Richard Osborne for me, she said. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm afraid a lot of people have made that conclusion because I think book two hasn't done as well, hasn't been as well. Uh, No, and
1: I'm only halfway through book one. I started Christmas before last. And
0: and I think that, (laughs) you know, I think it was a a perfect storm, Um, not least from, well, as you may have learned, that uh, uh, Penguin Random House paid for his book to be number one in the WH Smith's charts. For a number of weeks. So, you know, it's. It, it's so this it's, is where
3: this is going back to our independent authors.
0: Absolutely. They don't
3: have anything. They're, mm. To pay for a good editor and a good cover, they really have to work hard to get that money back. Oh, absolutely. And this is why I, I, I'm very passionate about my two awards. <laughs> I want the authors to realise I take it very seriously and I want their books, if they the, get an award, to be spotlighted so people can see that independent authors are as good and often they're not better than those who have got lots of money behind them to make them number ones and bestsellers
2: mm.
0: yeah I think that's true I think there's I think there's also in fairness to the traditional published authors there's a whole strata below the Richard Osman level where the celebrities are getting all the money in investment at the moment uh and then there's the the authors that are well established but below that there are a lot of
1: there's a lot
0: a lot of middle ranking authors who, who are being picked up by traditional publishers and not getting a sniff of the marketing budget yeah. and <laughs> and i think increasingly they're coming over to this side of the of the of the industry and doing it themselves because they just don't think that anyone really cares about when they've submitted the book they don't really care about it and yet that is not the case with with the independent sector and i think that's 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 the quality that really marks it out. Of course, there are snake oil salesmen that they're bashing out books just to fit the the trend and 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 doing that sort of thing. But generally speaking, it's too much effort to do that. You've got to do it properly.
3: But for I think I know when I speak to my other author friends, they're all tired. You listen, you put the radio on. Oh, we've got we're interviewing blah blah. Mm -hmm. His books out. Hasn't he made enough money being a singer? Hasn't he made enough money acting? Mm. An and now he's brought his num- his book out. It's the number one bestseller. Why can't they interview some of us independent authors and have a absolutely. look at these winners of Chill Awards? What's wrong with these people? Why can't they be interviewed and ask what mm. made their book get an award? You know,
1: or oh, have, <laughs> have a national
3: newspaper
1: have a national newspaper do a one off feature on you know winners of the Chill Awards. So that would be great, wouldn't it?
0: Well, I, uh, yeah, there's absolutely no question that. I think in a way we're all waiting for someone to come in and uh, drop some money into the into that into say the Chill Awards or it, I've I've always for the last since we went to Harrogate we felt there should be a uh, a sort of fringe festival alongside Harrogate where the Indies have a marquee somewhere and the, you know outside of the big publishers you get all their authors on the big stage it's the same same names mm-hmm. every time and there's a half a dozen Americans fly in on expense accounts and you know glad hand Uh, but that that isn't you know but there's a whole load of people there at Harrogate from the indie world who are just sitting there having the drinks and going to the things but not getting a look in. and it's it's time perhaps for the indie community to actually say to themselves right we'll sort this out ourselves we'll show them Uh, maybe that's what we need to do
3: well this is what you're doing with your publishing company and this is what Mm. I'm doing with my Mm. awards is to try and show the world that Indie authors are very, very good. In every, whatever uh, book you write, whatever industry, and there's always good and there's bad. But the good are not, in my view, highlighted enough in the indie publishing world.
0: No, that's Absolutely. true.
3: Absolutely.
1: And we sometimes do get people react with surprise. I read your book, one of your author's books and it was really good. Really? As if, <laughs> why wouldn't it be? <laughs>
0: there is, I mean, do get that. Well, I think, you know, even when you're talking to friends, it's sometimes... You know, you, you, we hand out the odd book. You know, so turn up for dinner and well,
1: my my dad has read a couple. You know, you know that like kind that. of thing, and
0: then they go, <laughs> they come back to you in two weeks' time. Like, it was really good. I didn't know that. I mean, you know, they think it's some sort of hobby. I mean, it's. Is it's, that it's... <laughs> oh, oh.
1: this, this an sub- assumption though? If you're a small company, you're scraping the bottom of the quality barrel. Of course, you're not. Not at all. But that's what people genuinely think.
0: Well, I think I think the other thing <laughs> that we're trying to do is even if if somebody isn't quite there yet. You know, the whole point of us getting involved is that we can steer them to the point where they're definitely there. And that's happened with a couple of our authors where we've sort of said initially, it's not for us at the moment. Come back to us when you fix these issues. And then they've been published by us. And that is, you know, that's part of the, that's the joy of it, really.
1: Yeah, seeing a change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And
0: it's never easy to give feedback like that. But, you know, sometimes you've just got to. And, they, and, and, and a good author will respect it and, and try and but meet it. But this is
3: exactly mm. what you're doing is actually bringing up the level and standard of independent authors. Because sadly, rightly or wrongly, they don't have the best press. And yet they are some of the best uh, writers out there. Yeah. And produce some of the great, they produce great books.
0: Yeah, it'd be but interesting to watch. know if someone, you know, a big name decides right. I'm going to leave my major publisher and, and, and do it myself and control the whole process. That would be great. As long yeah, as, you yeah. know, you know, a su- super indie, but if you look at someone like LJ Ross, whose values are exceptionally high and her success is to, I mean, to match almost any of the authors that we're talking about in terms of, you know, sold what, 7 million books. Now it is an, in the space of three and a half, four years, uh, and p- giving a lot back, you know, in terms of supporting awards and um, uh, independent bookshops and all sorts of things. Maybe she,
1: she can sponsor Pauline. There,
0: there's <laughs> there, there's your thing. connection. There's your connection. Um, well, we'll talk to her when, when we see her at London Book Fair. Yeah, and
1: we're actually going to have her on a podcast at some point, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we
0: are. But <laughs> but I think I think that you know there's there's a sort of standard bearer for uh, you know she's always she doesn't want a traditional contract at all. She's got it all sorted out. I mean, she's, you know, she's been successful, but she's reinvested in her own business. and and, and This is forward.
3: great because often than not, when Indies are successful, they're snapped up and then they've lost what everybody looked up to them for, being an Indie author, because now they're with one of the bigs and they've lost that uh, contact with the Indie authors. Yeah. But I know a lot of Indie authors who have uh, been with uh, publishing houses and walked away because, like you said earlier on, the big names took
0: priority, in and theirs didn't come in. Yeah, and it's never Look, it's easy, it's not easy to uh, if you've been independently published and then you go into traditional and then come out again, uh, or you know, it's the other way around I mean, it's it's not easy to to seed control um, elements of control. I mean, that's what we try and balance is, uh, you know, obviously investing heavily in our authors and driving their careers forward. We hope, but without doing things that upset them i mean it's never easy to, to to strike that balance i mean a
1: good example is if we just have a cover design and we, we don't say to the author
0: there it is if, <laughs> if you don't like
1: it tough <laughs> we would never say that we, we have a conversation with them and yeah. if they say well i'm not sure the font is right for my book we'll say okay well what would what would you suggest and then the designer might do a compare comparison yeah. and we sort of you know we get to a decision um like that so like sort of collaboration more than a you know we're the publishers we know the market this is what we're doing because sometimes they know their readers better than we do actually often they know their
3: readers better (laughs) than we do
1: and they they know what their readers like On
3: so we listen to them don't we and and because at the end of the day it's the writer's baby as well absolutely yeah they're going to nurture it until he gets exactly what they want and Yes,
0: I must admit, I'm a bit of a control freak myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, look, I mean, there, it is, that is a challenge. I mean, a lot of authors are.
1: And we have, we have experienced that. And that's when we normally say, right, okay, let's have a face to face conversation about this because we've got to talk about, you know, what our differences are in this case. And we normally do get to a point, don't we?
0: Well, it's like any relationship <laughs> where, you know, especially initially, you're basically trying to figure out. How it's going to work, and each individual author is different, and so that is they're always... my babies. <laughs> yeah, they are. no, I mean that is the challenge um, is maintaining that relationship. But um, you know, it's have you seen authors that have come through the awards looking at this? Perhaps the the downside have they sort of had enough? Not really worked out for them, packed it in, or is it is it the case like I suspect most writers are? It's such a passion they. They need to get their, their, their words out there.
3: Yeah, I think I'll go with the latter. I've not had a, a, any authors come back and say, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not for me. Nearly always, particularly if they get the award, they're actually boosted and want to do more. Mm. And uh, they're, yeah, it's more of a positive, than definitely not a negative.
1: A I think it's quite natural anyway for some authors to go through that phase, though, of thinking, yes, I can't um, do it. But then if they truly passionate about their craft, they will get back on their feet, won't they, and think, oh, actually, yes, I can do it, and I will do it Yeah, it's better. a
0: calling, isn't it? I, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I think some people think they can write a book um, and they can maybe write one, but to actually keep going and to... I think it's easy to do... The, the writing part is probably the easiest part of the, the journey. It's the editing. If you, can, <laughs> if, you can, if you get a good editor who's challenged everything that you've written, then... You yeah. know, spotted all the, the things that could have been improved. That is, the thing. if you can withstand that process. That, that's
3: the hardest thing, because you've written yeah. this book, and then you say it comes up with all these, uh, hang on a minute, excuse me, but you know, <laughs> don't get upset with me, it's simply I'm just helping you. And you, you I go away and I think, oh, try not to be grumpy. <laughs> oh, we oh, have my, experienced right. that. We have definitely <laughs> How long does that.
0: that, how long does it take, uh, once you've reached <laughs> those, when you get the, your, your comments back and, um, and your, your edit, uh, how long do you take to sort of calm down I mean because I
3: <laughs> over the years I, I had a fantastic editor uh, when I first started writing but sadly she's she's long since retired and she was marvelous and I used to look at it sometimes and think, oh I try not to cry <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards I knew she was right absolutely right and I've got a fantastic editor now and uh, she's an absolute darling and she sent me a load of stuff and i thought. Oh, I had to put it to one <laughs> I spoke to her. She said, what is the matter with you? I said, it's it's me. It's a me thing. <laughs> I was once I'd settled down, she was right. And, you know.
2: Yeah, they But are, it's just
3: aren't... because she, I'm so close to it. Yeah. Um yeah. And you think, how can you criticize something? <laughs> but yeah, that's I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Now, Pauline, you are one, I think, you know, we're getting the impression, and certainly listeners will get the impression that you're somebody who can, you know, is a busy person and therefore the busier you get the more you get done. Um,
1: well they say ask a busy person to do it and it'll get done. Yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um, but in your wider life you you, you know you run uh, you have rollerbladed around the world it seems. Uh, you know. <laughs> how yes, you, even
3: in Paris night when that was famous.
0: Wow yes of course. I mean where do you find the energy? I mean it's extraordinary.
3: Uh, I don't know it's just always been there. Of course everybody gets tired but I'm a person that's, yes, I, I like to be busy. Um, and I'm at my best when I'm busy, yeah. It's, it's not it something nice. that's, it's just normal. <laughs> <Me>.
0: <laughs> what about Mr Barkley? does he cope with all the, you know?
3: <laughs> He's a busy chap too. He's, he keeps very busy also. Um, so, yeah, we're both busy people. Um, we like to be focused. I like to have a project. My uh, is definitely a project. Mm. We're writing, writing. Um, yeah, projects in the
0: house uh, lots of things yeah that's fantastic in terms of um well we were talking about the the, the potential future for chill um you know it, it the, its potential growth is huge if you had the, the backing um so in yeah. the immediate months to come what what are you thinking of what, what will be next do you
3: well think? it will it As it is, I have no plans to to change it as it is now. My ideal would be to try and get a backer, particularly somebody who I feel could reward the book of the month and the book of the year. Because I think once you get to these levels, I think more recognition would be nice to have. But at the moment, I I need some uh, support on that one. Mm,
2: absolutely, Um,
3: Absolutely. But the awards, I mean, the awards continue to grow. It's not something that's... Diminishing anything but it's growing all the time, and authors from all over the world how on earth they know where we are, but they do. And books of all different genres come through. Yeah, and uh, there's a number of authors who put their books in every time. Mm. Since they have a new book out, they put their book in.
0: Well, we, we shall be doing that, and if you, you'll be swamped with hundreds of titles, <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we
1: found, I think it was Karina Swan who pointed yes, us did. out to yeah, you, did, yeah. and then all our authors, oh. Ooh, what's this? We'll try for this as well. So I think you will get more Hobbit books.
3: <laughs> yes, I've got. I, 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 there have been quite a few come through. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did all get quite excited at once because we have a Facebook page, an author Facebook page, where they all have they chat about stuff, don't they? And so yeah, they they were saying, "What do I do? What do I need to do? Tell me what.
3: Where do I send it?" <laughs> all this well, it's quite interesting because I do. Uh, it was originally purely for independent authors, mm-hmm. and then. We are, I extended it into small independent publishers because I felt they also need help. It, it's, it's the, sure. if the authors get help from the in, small independent publishers, everybody benefits. And they have to work hard with a small independent publisher as they, if they were on their own. All right, have a little bit more support, but they are still have to work hard to make sure their book is, is noticed out there. And so I opened the doors, as long as they're not from the big, the big ones i don't accept
0: <laughs> yeah, the drawbridge is up for them well they, think, they sweep everything else anyway,
3: but
1: I think that will also help expand the profile of the Chill awards because if the small independent companies you know they 've got a bigger reach than individual authors, so yeah. it, it will just sort of accumulate that way
3: yeah, my 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 only aim is to find good books written by Indies, and we can spotlight them and show them. To as many people who can see them. And that's really what it's all about. Making sure people come to see some great books by indie authors.
0: And it's fantastic value. I mean, it really is. And you know, in terms of the impact it's had on the on the, yeah, the side of this. I mean, the...
1: I know our, our, our authors who received awards were utterly thrilled. I mean, Brian Price was grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> yeah. So
3: Will we
0: see that? He got,
1: later two? He got the cover yeah. and he got the um, you, know, yeah, you the, got, the, got... the premier award so he was very happy <laughs>
0: absolutely yeah very yeah. honor um so i think i think it's time uh we we've, we've, we get to the the, the nub of this interview. Nub of interview well i mean the climax really the, the the highlight of everyone's listening week which is rebecca's random question
3: oh my
1: word <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad at all so I, my, I usually get the inspiration for the question from something that happens to me during the week before. And yesterday I took my eldest son to Manchester University uh, for an open day. He's hoping to do a degree in geography. And while we were there, they gave us two taster lectures on, they were just sort of, you know, this is an example of a lecture on physical geography and here's an example on um, human geography. And I sat there and I thought, I would love to do a degree in geography. So my question to you is: If you could choose to do a degree-level qualification in any subject, it could be anything from tap dancing to rollerblading to astrophysics. What would you choose?
3: Well, I have got a degree, so what would I get another degree in? Oh, oh, I'll say rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you could probably do
1: a PhD in rollerblading because you. Uh, I don't
3: know, but I'll, shall I investigate?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It needs to be so, on the national curriculum, I think.
1: What is your degree in then? The one you've got?
3: Uh management and computer studies.
1: Oh, you need something very different then. So rollerblading fits
3: the bill perfectly. Completely. That's why I thought the other end of the spectrum.
0: <laughs> well, that comes in those both those come in handy to run your awards then. I mean, big time.
3: <laughs> well, it's a lot of years since I got my degree though. A lot <laughs>
0: of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, for us too. I mean, it's i I've been thinking about it. I mean, I just want to I have this recurring dream of going back to university, but or indeed, going back to one of my old schools as a 51-year-old as I am now, uh, in the uniform, and it's just really weird being and and somehow uh, being accepted by the pupils that I've decided to uh, to pass the subjects I failed when I was you know in, my, in the 80s. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird dream, but I, I I'm not sure what I would go back and do. Probably something like creative writing or something.
1: Yeah, like. you see, I, I'm I'm greedy. I've got two degrees. I've got economics and politics as one, and fine art is my other. So Ooh. I don't know where to go from there. I mean, geography might be a good one actually.
0: Well, but... you might actually get a sense of direction as a result. <laughs> I just
1: have the one. <laughs> I've got time for another one.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, I miss. I mean, we were back at Exeter University last week. Um, for that's our... why we met. Oh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago for our Agatha Christie special. And uh, that's where we met. And it was just really strange, that pang of wanting to be that age again. Well,
1: I felt this at Manchester yesterday. So, you know, we had the campus tour by given by students and we sat in the lecture theatre. And I felt this jealousy, this sort of envy of, I want to be 18 again. I want to be a student where, you know, the most important thing in your life is whether you can get the library book you need for your next lecture or whatever. <laughs>
0: Well and, you wouldn't have we to... tend to
3: forget, you know, when we say to the young people, this is the best time of your life, and they go, No way. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> it was cold,
1: it was constantly cold.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I lived in the most grotty second-year accommodation. In fact, my th- yeah, and the third year one was dreadful too. Yeah, and it's it true that you everywhere. do you
1: forget those things or the sort of the homesickness. I was a bit homesick, and um, I missed things like watching Brookside at the time. Brookside was <laughs> Because I couldn't have a TV. I didn't First have a TV licence, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear, 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 dear. We do, I, I promised this would digress, but. um no, that's fine. I'm
3: loving it. I'm loving it. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I think I'm going to have to enrol uh, at UEA. So uh, I'll be. Uh, you want you know, to
3: do the creative. Well, I'll be course. popping
0: in for a cup of tea with Paul. Oh, so
3: you won't be far
1: away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'll well, give him my blade, so He can come and rollerblade over to you we we'll are rolling a bit along the river here, right. <laughs> well, okay.
0: the side
3: of the river, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Could, uh, could be a short trip for me. <laughs> well, how so a, a in e <laughs> yeah,
3: Exactly,
0: exactly. No, I'd find a way to kill myself. Well, it, look, it's, it's been an absolute joy, falling. Thank you so much for taking us into the world of the Chill Book Awards and all the efforts that you've made. We're extremely grateful on behalf of the rest of the community for what you do. Um, and really, uh, we've had a lovely, time, you know, conversation. So thank you very much for joining us.
3: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute joy talking to you both <laughs> and meeting you both. And thank you for all your kind words too.
0: That list of people we need to meet in Nor- Norfolk is growing <laughs> longer by the day. I know. What a literary hotbed it is.
1: I know it really is. I mean, I don't know whether it's partly to do with the fact that UEA is there and that's yeah. you know obviously very well known. It's a lovely for, place. Uh, Norwich writers of quality. Um, yeah, have I been to Norwich? Yes, I went to a wedding there, so yes, I remember it being lovely.
0: It is, it is, but it's it's tucked away. I mean, it's you know, for those who who are well in the UK, you know where Norwich is, but if you're not from the UK, it is tucked into a corner of East Anglia. So on paper, it's what ninety miles from London, maybe a hundred miles. So it shouldn't take as long to get to as it does. It really is out on a limb, mm. uh, and I remember. Uh, the sort of, the, it was always the dreaded trip. If you had to do football trip to Norwich from pretty much anywhere else in the country, it took forever. Mm-hmm. And I've covered games at Norwich and been treated to uh, drinks and food by Delia, who is still oh,
1: Delia. She was on the radio. Didn't yeah. You? yeah, she's talking about. Um, she's got a new book out.
0: She has. Yeah, uh, it's about life. It this is about time.
1: life. It's not about cooking at all or football, but it's about life. Well,
0: she's always been a big thinker about that. And I remember. I mean very famously she came to our our church when in cambridge to talk about her new fa- found faith she, uh, became a roman catholic in her um, in her 30s and by this point she was already the biggest tv cook in the world well, or uk certainly
1: because when she was talking about her book on the radio, she was saying it's, it's nothing to do with religion.
0: No, she, she she had a passion for it then. And it has, I think, her passion for football exceeds her passion for yeah. religion now. But she was very, very open about it. She was very, very committed at that stage of her life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, she is she's remarkable. And, you know, she has this sort of rather sort of, uh, how do I put it, sort of vanilla presence on screen. Yes, she does, yes. I mean,
1: she's very wholesome. Very wholesome.
0: But actually, when you meet off screen, um, in terms of the times I met her at Norwich City, uh, she's a scream. She enjoys a a drink. She enjoys... She's a party. I like that. She's very, very... She's far more charismatic in person, away from the camera than she was when she was doing the Delia's cookery course or something like that. You think
1: about that, I was in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. She couldn't really be too...
0: Well, no, but at the same time, that's the period of Keith Floyd was riffing up the whole cooking thing.
1: I hate to play the men-women difference card, but it was much easier for a man to be flamboyant and eccentric. Well, I mean,
0: he, he took it to a new level, didn't he? I mean, you know, in terms of just getting drunk on air while cooking up her. Oh, it doesn't matter. Kind of...
1: <laughs> you imagine Delia trying that?
0: <laughs> We're the longest... Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll just throw that in, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, she was very precise, and I mean, she just got di- drunk after. <laughs> no, and I still, I still dip into her books regularly. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Christmas time, especially. Yeah. Her no. Red cabbage is best. How do we get into Delia?
0: this? Is extraordinary. How do we get? <laughs> this is the nature of the show that we yeah, just once
1: on once we get off the format
0: and we stop doing the news, we just go completely we should crazy. Talk
1: about our week ahead, then didn't
0: we? Well, I yeah, we should. Um, I wanted to talk about because I just bought a new cookbook by Phil Vickery. <laughs> Not the England rugby captain uh, and prop forward uh, Phil Vickery, but the one who was married to Fern Britain. I
1: Thought they were the same person. No, I thought he was just multi-talented.
0: Well, Talented. Phil Vickery actually won Celebrity MasterChef some years ago. The rugby player.
1: Oh, I thought he was the same person. No. Oh well, there
0: you go. No, no, he's anyway. a sort of bull-headed, you know, guy with cauliflower so he ears. Wait. No, he's quite hes quite a phys- physical specimen, Phil Vickery, that one. This Phil Vickery, same yes. spelling as well, just to make it confusing, has written a book, uh, which I've just picked up, which is um gluten-free cookbook, and I, I want to work through it. So I was looking through all the baking recipes, because mm. at the moment I make it. in fact, it's cooking now. We probably need to get out in a minute to go and rescue it from the oven. But I make, as you know, every two days a gluten-free loaf.
1: It is delicious, and um... – so gluten-free bread is difficult because if you buy it commercially, it's quite cardboard. Yeah, it's cardboard. Deep. It's horrible. But your bread is very moist and it's got a very subtle flavour. So it hasn't got the high salt and sugar content of commercial bread. No. I love it. I absolutely love it. And every morning for breakfast, I will have three pieces of this gluten-free bread toasted with tin tomatoes, cheese and barbecue sauce on. It is divine.
0: Now, he has a noodle or pasta recipe, OK, in this book.
1: Oh, you can make me noodles.
0: Well I yes, I'd like to. But there is one challenging ingredient that I think you might object to.
1: Oh don't tell me it's squidding or something.
0: No, 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 no. Not that. It is gluten free custard powder. Sixty grams of it goes into his recipe. Okay. Alongside you know, rice flour or something.
1: I like custard.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think it I think that's the element that gives it the sort of uh, the look
1: yes so it's probably the colour and maybe the slight sweetness yeah. that you get
0: with noodles so it's, I mean that's going to be an interesting week of experimentation oh. uh, um, now we have been breaking the gluten free rules by drinking <laughs> Tony Garland's beer from Salt Air Brewery another I've plug that. yeah <laughs> yeah so um, yeah I they mean, have been so good. oh my god they've been brilliant they've been brilliant We, I mean what we'd love you to do Tony if you're listening to this because you do listen to the show is uh, create a new special edition beer for the and for Zammet. the for Zammit and i think something called sleuth would be great <laughs> and there is a zeus hop so something being with zed yeah, that, that might make it so your good. your chief brewer back in in yorkshire could have a crack at that yeah just a thought uh but this week uh coming we uh well i've got i will be finishing the next few hours it's a second proofread in a week. I've I done know. two two in a week, which I'm, is amazing.
1: And I'm, I'm so glad you've done this because because of your hard work. This means that it's taken off by personal pressure about having enough time to get... This is Yes, I Killed Her by Harry Fisher. Mm. So we've decided to print at Clay's because um, Harry's got a couple of events and he needs quite a lot of copies for these events. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: you know, it's worth... But
1: it's pushed up the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we
0: we know we can we can sell quite a number of books in hardback form.
1: Yeah, and also the fact he's he's had an appearance in a Edinburgh newspaper. Yeah, has has
0: made a difference to uh, to sales by a margin. Yeah.
1: But the one difference with print on demand and publishing uh, any length of print run really um, with a traditional printer is that you need longer and not longer lead time so a longer time Hmm. between when the final files are ready and when you expect to have books so this has given me a little bit of anxiety but because you've proofread (laughs) it so quickly i don't feel anxious anymore
0: i've really stuck at it i've listened to a lot of classical music i have to say this week because i have discovered that if i do 25 minutes on you know concentrating five minutes off walking around whatever it might be you know doing a bit of cleaning or something, just something different. And then coming back to it, listening to, I've been listening to just the last thing I was listening to was Mozart's Requiem, which is one of my favorite pieces, but early choral music through to Chopin etudes and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's really, really valuable because I know I'm going to be better at university challenge than I was before. Yeah.
2: We'll
0: <laughs> but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, it's been, it's been a revelation. It's been fantastic. If I can apply that to writing, so be it. I uh, can't do it for audio editing, clearly, and I can't do it for narration. But uh, I think the, this booth here that we're now speaking in is going to get a lot of action from me this week.
1: Excellent. So a lot of uh, peaceful time at the kitchen for me then.
0: I shouldn't wonder. I shouldn't wonder. You just love the cat for company.
1: So what I'm, go- I'm going to be doing is um, I'm going to be putting Tony Gartland, as we're talking about him, starting to put his books because they have been edited. So they are ready to go into proofs straight away, which is brilliant for us. So I'm going to start working on the text design and you know,
0: mm.
1: and liaising with the cover company as well. So that's that's good.
0: Yep. So another busy week and to come. And drink your beer while I'm doing it. Yep. And lots of walks because it's going to be a beautiful week, uh, certainly through to Wednesday, which uh, I read somewhere it's going to be 20 degrees, which is fabulous for this time of year. Uh, can't wait. So we'll get out and get some walking and uh, you know, basically get the feet used to being used. A bit more than they have been this winter. (laughs) But anyway, uh, that's it from us on the Hobcast Book Show. I'm Agent Hobart.
1: I'm Rebecca Collins.
0: And we'd like to thank you for joining us. Don't forget, of course, to go to our website for all details of our books, our audiobooks, our blogs. We did a a welcome blog for Tony this week. And uh, you can go to www.hobeck.net for... uh, all those details don't forget our audio books are on discount if you go through our author direct page which links from the website um so that's worth looking at and we've got another production coming up very very soon um indeed so you know that's going to be exciting That silenced uh, ali morgan's version of silenced it's going to be swindled swindled you'll find. swindled not silenced swindled oh how embarrassing swindled
1: I have to say, talking of swindled, so I am almost at the end of sue shepard's second book.
0: Mm. Um, I have some lovely comments on Facebook saying they loved it, and people were wanting the second book. so good yeah, news is so it's on its way at I, some I'm, point
1: i'm reading it i've been what I tend to do is I tend to be slow to start and then I have a weekend, and I binge uh seventy percent of a book mm. and it's happened with this one as well. I love it it's brilliant, so I'm really looking forward forward to when we can give that out to the world too indeed,
0: okay. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hobcast. Join us again next week, and our guest next week? Harriet. Harriet? Harriet. Harriet. Uh, Harriet, another author. <laughs> 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 but
1: she doesn't. She's not just an author, is she?
0: No, no, she has a fascination for elaborate covers. She has the most beautiful library at home, and that's how I discovered her, really, because... Uh, we were looking, uh, I was looking on Bookstagram or whatever it's called, and um, there, there I found her. And I just thought, wow, what a set of bookshelves. And she tends to post her cat on the bookshelves.
1: Her cat, that's good.
0: Yeah, another link With there.
1: Anybody who, who likes her cat and likes reading, they're going to be a friend of ours.
0: Absolutely. So a week out from uh, London Book Fair next week, so we'll be outlining what our detail plans are for that, setting up meetings as we go this week. Uh, we'll join you then. But uh, from us, thank you so much for joining us. And have a wonderful, happy and creative week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Hobcast from Hobec Books with Adrian Hobart and Rebecca Collins. You can find the show notes at our website, www.hobec.net. You can also use the exclusive Hobcast discount code for any of the products at our Hobeck online store. Just enter the code HOBCAST20 for a 20% discount. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hobcast and feel free to contact us with any feedback. Until next time, remember our motto, Trad Values, Indie Spirit.